episode 83 of This Developing Story. What's up, y'all? It's B-Dougie back again with another episode. Look at this. One after the other, week after week, coming back with this podcast. And uh, yeah, it's feeling good. So this today's guest is Rizelle, Rizelle Scarlett. Uh, Rizelle has actually taken a new role to work on my team. Uh, I actually didn't mention this on the, the actual podcast, but um, it's it's kind of wild. If you go to episode one, two, and three, here at the beginning of my story and how I became a developer, I would have never imagined today I'd be telling you that I'm the director of developer advocacy at GitHub. Um, it's kind of mind blowing, but um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I am super pleased and honored to be able to lead a team of advocates uh, at GitHub and getting folks engaged into our platform and checking out some of our latest and greatest features. So that's my role today. Uh, so Rizel uh, accepted an offer. We'll be starting in the next couple of weeks. And I invited her to come and chat about her background, her story. Um, a lot of the story actually didn't even come up in the interview process. So I'm super pleased to uh, hear more about my colleague and um, understand um, where she came from how she got to where she's at. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say because I think it's an awesome story. So I, I hope you enjoy. Uh, and also a reminder, if you want to be on this, uh, Twitter Spaces once a week, uh, just hit the follow button on twitter.com slash and you'll get notified when I go live on a space, usually on Wednesdays at lunchtime, PST. All right, without that. Um... Awesome. So my name is Rizelle. And I'm a software engineer. I've been a software engineer for like almost three years. And now I'm going to be a developer advocate with you at GitHub. Yes, this is true. All facts for sure. And uh, I'm super excited about this. You start in a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm curious, like, uh, we, we probably won't spend too much time of like what you what you're going to what you're working on today uh, because you're in transition going to be working at GitHub. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'd probably ask, what are you excited about uh, the role at GitHub? Yeah, I feel like um, I'm excited about the fact that I can get to like em empower other engineers and like get them more excited about coding. I feel like there's like a lot to explore in GitHub. And when I first started out as a software engineer, I tried to avoid GitHub as much as possible. But <laughs> now that I realize like how cool it is and how much I can do through GitHub, um, I definitely want to make more people like get a chance to like dive in there. And then in addition to that, I feel like I have like a lot of skills in terms of like community building and like um, writing and content creation that I left dormant for a while. So I'm yeah. like excited to like tap back into those skills. Yeah, can we talk about that too as well? Like, um, what were you doing before you started learning how to code? Like, what what sort of pushed you towards uh, eventually learning how to code, getting an engineering role? Yeah, uh, that's a long story, but I could I could try to make it short. Yeah, so. I mean we we got the whole hour, so I mean feel free to take as much time as you'd like. Cool. All right. So basically. I had started off studying psychology in college, um, but I was only able to stay there for one semester. Part of it was because my family didn't have money to help me pay. And then the other part of it was that at the time I was undocumented. And like back in like 2012, 2013, people didn't have as much like awareness and like 
you know, like a lot of times now, like there's a lot of activism about like undocumented students and stuff like that. Back then, people were more like making jokes about it. <laughs> so there was just not like a lot of options in terms of like financial aid for me. Um, Cause like undocumented students don't receive federal financial aid. You can't get like federal loans and you also can't like work. So there was really no options for me to like do work study and like be able to go to college. So I had like done a fundraiser and like got enough money for like the first semester and I got a private scholarship. But like after the first semester was over, they were like, okay, we need money for the second semester. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to head out cause this is impossible. <laughs> so I essentially like went back home and um, I was kind of like bored cause all my friends were either in college or working. And luckily for me, um, the Obama administration like came out with this thing called DACA, which stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Um, and basically what DACA did was allowed me to like be able to work legally, like get a social security number and like be able to drive and stuff like that. So I was like, finally, I can like get my my youth back, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I applied for that. It costed a lot of money. And while I was waiting for it to be approved, I started to like research and be like, okay, what could I do? Oh, by the way, like the DACA thing only lasts for two years. You gotta like renew it every two years and get money yeah. to renew it. So I was like, what can I like study that will like span the two years for me? Um, and I'll still be able to come out with like a good job and not like need to be there for four years. So I did a lot of research and I figured out that like tech would be an option for me. Um, but I still needed money for college. So when I got like approved for DACA, I started working and I worked at like three jobs at the same time. I worked at like Planet Fitness, um, H&M and this nonprofit organization. And then once I finally got enough money for college, I started going there. I went to a community college for IT. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's a crazy, like not like a linear path. But yeah, I started um, studying IT. Can I, can I ask too as well, like yeah. zooming back, uh, you said you went back home. Uh, where was home at this point? And also, can you talk more about your your undocumented status and like your background? Yeah. So um, folks might not, I don't know how many folks here know you who are in the in the, um, the, the stream itself. But yeah, can you talk more about like where your, your family derives from and everything like that? That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, I live in Boston and I've lived in Boston for most of my life. Um, but I was born in Antigua in the Caribbean and my parents were born in Guyana. Um, so they came over here like legally by plane, um, but they were really young and they didn't realize like, you know, there's like a bunch of things you have to sign to be able to like get permanent residency. So they like came here to help me get a better life. Um, but it ended up not being this this perfect American dream that they they had imagined. So yeah, I ended up being undocumented and it didn't affect me that much up until college when it was like, okay, it's time for like you to like get federal financial aid and like get a job and stuff like that. Basically. Yeah. You mentioned that before. I mean, that's gotta be quite a, um, I don't know if a life lessons or cause I, I know when I, when I started applying for colleges and like I'm American born here and all that other stuff, but, um, I mentioned, maybe I mentioned this previously in a conversation. Uh, my mom is actually born in Cuba. So also in the Caribbean and, but my, my grandpa was in the military. So like we didn't go through all that whole undocumented process and stuff like that. And, yeah. I am second generation American. So like not, 
not as much of a correlation, but I do have a lot of family members who have very similar backgrounds and issues when it comes to getting into school and stuff like that. So, um, can we touch on your IT degree though, uh, at community college? So like what specifically did you learn when you went to community college? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I specifically studied computer information systems and at the community college, it was like a mixture of IT stuff and like business admin stuff. So I like learned accounting randomly. And then I also learned like, um, random like classes like Microsoft stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I also learned like, a little bit of visual basic and IT problem solving. So I don't know. I felt like the classes weren't that relevant to the actual job. Um, but I, I at least felt like I was like doing something and moving forward. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was at Bunker Hill, everybody, at, well, Bunker Hill is the community college I was at. Um, they were really at the time um, emphasizing getting internships. Um so I decided to look into it because I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is a way I can, like, learn and get paid at the same time. And I don't have to, like, work at Planet Fitness and H&M and everything all at the same time as going to school. So I applied for um, an internship at a company called Federal Home Loan Bank of Boston. And that's when I started working in IT. And I told the manager, I was like, honestly, I don't feel like I know anything, um, but I'm happy to learn. And I was like really surprised that he like hired me off of me saying that, um, <laughs> but he did. Um, and it was a good experience. They really made me feel like um, I belonged there. And like, they made me feel like I was a regular employee. They like gave me awards and stuff like that. They were like, oh, best employee award. And I was like, oh my gosh, so cool. <laughs> Cause I was like maybe 20 or 19 or something like that. So I, that really like pushed me and made me feel like like it gave me a confidence I needed to like continue pursuing tech because initially I was like not sure if I should do it because I was I was definitely more stronger in like um, English classes and like history and stuff like that not like math stuff or anything techie um, but yeah that that kind of like um, what's the word I don't know it motivated me um, that persona of like being able to admit that you're still learning. Um, it's like a persona. And the thing I love about being a developer advocate is I, I, I literally just had a tweet today where I was talking about, um, uh, cause I just solved the problem that I, I it took me six months to solve it. And I, the former context, I'm like shipping a new update to stars.github.com. Yeah. And, um, I've been working on this for six months and mainly because my day to day role doesn't really involved maintaining and shipping features on github.com. True, um, yeah. so I had to go through a lot of different changes in engineering and then also like error messages I'd never seen because Kubernetes was involved. Um, so long story short, I ended up fixing it this morning and, um, I had like so many tabs open and so many notes of like this, this problem I was trying to solve, uh, and like so many Slack messages to engineers of like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, what do you think about this error message? Like how, how can we get unstuck here? Or how can you get me unstuck? And like being able to like admit freely that I had no idea what I was doing, helped me get closer towards the answer faster than the weeks I spent just sort of like massaging the same error message and trying to figure out if this would do something like that, if there'd be something different there. It's really a humbling experience admitting that you don't know something because it's like everybody wants to, you know, feel like they know it. Um, 
But like you said, it's a much easier experience when you're like, hey, I need help. <laughs> and it, it's just a good learning experience overall. So I wanted the uh, so you, you're doing IT, you have your community college degree, uh, thanks to the Obama administration allowing you to go through school and you like you had a plan. Uh, it seems like you came on the, out of the other side of that plan with uh, with the role. I'm curious, where does where does engineering come into place? So like you, you already mentioned that math and all the other stuff was not as of an interest to you or you didn't feel like you excelled in that area. So like what what made you want to learn how to code? But then also, how did you get to the point where you did learn how to code? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So, yeah, so I was working in IT. And then after that, I started working um, at HubSpot in IT through Hack Diversity. Um, and that's when I kind of got exposed to like a lot of coding terminology. Everybody kept talking about APIs. And I was like, what the heck is an API? Can um, you explain Hack Diversity, though? Uh, what oh, is that? True. Hack Diversity is an organization in um, the New England area that helps um, black and brown students work at like cutting edge companies in Boston, I guess. Um, and I, I, I liked working at Federal Home Loan Bank of Boston, but I, I saw that Hack Diversity's partner was HubSpot. And I was like, I really want to work at HubSpot and like challenge myself more. Um, so they kind of like helped me get there. Okay, cool. So you're, you're there at HubSpot. And then what was yeah. the, what's the, what's the rest of the story there? Yeah. So I'm there at HubSpot doing IT. People are like talking about code. They keep saying the word API. And I decided to like just ask people about their journeys. And I met one guy that was like, yeah, I never even got a degree and I'm an engineer. And I was like, what? Like I could like skip the whole math thing. And they're like, yeah, like totally possible. Um, so I tried to self-teach myself, um, but that was not working for me. Like I'm very impressed by people who teach themselves how to code. Um, so then I decided to like go to a coding bootcamp and I like Googled and all these coding bootcamps were like $17,000. Um, but I found one called Resilient Coders, which was free. And I can explain Resilient Coders. Resilient Coders is like a coding bootcamp for black and brown youth um, over 18 in the Boston area. And I think they expanded to um, Philadelphia as well. Um, but yeah, they basically teach you like full stack um, web development. The teacher or I guess the managing director there, Leon Noel, he also teaches at 100 devs and he also teaches at General Assembly. So I like signed up for that and I told my um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, I was like, oh my God, let, like come learn to code with me. Like I really want to learn. And you keep saying like you don't really like your job. Um, and my boyfriend was like, yeah, I don't know about, like, he's way more cautious than me. So he was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Like, what's like the chances that we will like actually become software engineers and like, we can't just quit our jobs and like have no money. Um, so I thought like that was a good point. So we like compromised and decided to like save our money first and then join. Um, so I ended up joining the cohort after, um, I learned to like I learned JavaScript, React, Node, CSS, and all that from Resilient Coders. And after that, it just went from there. Became a software engineer, um, and been working ever since. And it, it, I mean, I've been following Leon's work for uh, probably since I sort of was aware of him earlier this year. He does a really awesome live stream. 
Uh, I don't know what the cadence is, but he tends to bring in a ton of folks, uh, entry-level folks to, not even entry-level, interested folks to getting in the code. So whether they're part of Resilient Coders and the alumni network, or there's folks who are just, are just trying to see if code's like what they want to get started with. Um, so I highly recommend, uh, I'll try to, um, I'll try to figure that out and uh, share a link uh, to his profile if I can do that in the in the space. Or if not, I do want to mention that this this conversation will be re- is recorded right now. Um, so our conversation between me and Rizal, uh, we're going to put it up on the disdevelopingstory.com podcast URL. Uh, and then if anybody wants to have ask questions to share part of their story, we'll ask we'll ask questions that won't be recorded at the end. Uh, so yeah, feel free to request and I'll get you up here. And I could share cool. some links with you too about a hundred devs if like people want to join it. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's the that's the thing too as well. Um, from like my, my purview and where I sit as like working at GitHub, but also just kind of been uh, I've been in the industry uh, specifically as an engineer since like 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, I come across so many people who are just really intrigued and interested about how to how to get started learning how to code or what are the tools and resources. And um, it's amazing how much stuff out there is free and how much stuff yeah. is available to folks. And it's, it's now at the point where it's just like, it might be too much stuff that it's hard to sort of digest and figure out where's the good best place to get started. Yeah. Cause I think similar to your, your now husband who his reservation, um, like what are the chances of you starting today, like with a free code camp or with the resilient coders or, you know, with a bunch of code Academy lessons, and getting yeah. on at the other end of it. And I think, I don't know what the percentage is for people who come out the other side and are s- successful, but uh, I'm always happy to sort of pitch in and help out folks. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm pro free everything. Like, I feel like all education should be free. <laughs> um, Cause like, why, you know, like why hold on to that power from people or like keep it away from people. And then, yeah, it is, it is a lot of different options out there. But I say, like, as long as you're, like, pushy and ambitious, like, you're going to, like, land where you need to be. Like, even if, to me, even if the boot camp's not that good, like, you can just, like, push yourself and be like, okay, I learned, like, the basics that I that I needed to learn. Like, where can I go from here? And, like, try to, like, put yourself out there. Uh, one of the things you mentioned early in the conversation is around just having some sort of forward motion. So when you you, you did your first year psychology degree, uh, and then you needed to figure out what was next after you found out there was no money to continue uh, your education, um, you'd mentioned the term about just having forward motion. I think when it comes to learning how to code, uh, a lot of folks will just get stuck. Um, like I guess the term is analysis paralysis, which is like, should I learn JavaScript? Should I learn Ruby? Should I do front end? Should I do back end? And um, the answer is yes. <laughs> like you, you should just learn something and then see if you can apply that knowledge as quickly as possible. Because I think with the the bootcamp grad experience, the self taught learner experience, you have to show that you you can do something because that's usually the um, the competitive edge you can have as a bootcamp grad or a self learner is that you have forward motion always, and it's yeah. less about. You know, I, I think there is like it, it's valuable to know, you know, how to traverse a binary tree and and do the sort of um, computer science problems and questions, because that will take you further. I, I want to say further, but it's going to take you. It's going to get you forward process as well or forward yeah. progress. But I think there's there's like no wrong entry point at this point when it comes to tech. There's not. I agree with you. And what's even like it's so funny because I also want to like 
BU afterwards. Like I went to college after because I wanted to get my degree. Yeah. And I felt like I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know data structures and everybody knows them. And I'm like struggling to teach myself them. So I went to college. But I found this so funny because like a lot of my classmates, um, they were like people, it was like evening classes. So it was a lot of people who already had careers, but they were like people who were like very nervous that like they wouldn't be able to do their jobs because we only learned like theoretical stuff. And I just thought it was so funny because I was like, oh my gosh, at my boot camp, people are nervous that they can't do their jobs because they didn't go to college. And like my classmates are like, oh my gosh, I should have went to boot camp just like you. And I'm like, that makes no sense. (laughs) I mean, it goes to show that I don't think any of us know what we're really doing. And going back to the thing you mentioned when you got the the first IT job and you like presented yourself as I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to learn. I think that attitude is what got you through the degree, the boot camp, getting the job. Cause like I know folks who come into interviews and kind of like they have a lot of hubris and to the point where they just, they, they think they know everything. So like you say, Oh, you know what? Uh, we're going to use Python three in this. And it's like, Oh yeah, sure. I know exactly what that does and how to use it. And then where do you leverage this library? It's like, Oh, cool. I I know exactly what that is. And then it turns out they don't know what they're talking about or they haven't, (laughs) they don't have the experience and it's, it's much better to say, okay, well, I've never heard of this library in Python, but you know what? Um, I know how to search stack overflow and I also know how to search source code. So Mm -hmm. if I needed to actually figure out if something's broken or something's not set up properly, like eh, I, I get source to search source code and, Actually, what happened to me last night, I was working on this project on open source that I've been sort of working on for way too long. I, I have a, a bad habit of <laughs> working on actual issues or features for months, especially in open source. Uh, and it's mainly because it's all free time. So I, I ran into this issue where I was trying to grab a certain data from a library. And um, I opened up the issue. And then one of the library maintainers, because, because of the, where I sit, folks kind of follow me on GitHub and stuff like that. They jumped into my issue and was like, ah, it should actually be this. And I was like, oh, well, thanks. And <laughs> I, if I didn't actually attempt to solve the problem and then ship something last night, yeah. I wouldn't have got that response from the maintainer and say, hey, you did it wrong. Um, and it, it just happened to be that I put myself out there and I had something that was broken out there in production uh, that I could actually get. I can get the uh, the sort of benefit of, of answers on, on a yeah. GitHub issue. Yeah, I'm totally an advocate for that. <laughs> like, because I've seen that it, it's helped me so much. There there have been times where I've, like, not said anything and just tried to do it on my own, and it always backfires. So I'm, like, I always, like, to at least attempt to try and then be like, hey, here's what I got. I need help. Because <laughs> if not, like, I'm just going to be stuck, and there's really no point. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that... um. And I had to redo this YouTube video because it was a poorly performing YouTube video I created. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learned a trick early on in like my second developer job where if you if you PR early PR, uh, if you open up a pull request early, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the best way to get feedback as soon as possible and get unstuck quicker. And uh, it's something that I actually learned that GitHub did before I joined GitHub as an employee, um, that they would open as soon as you start a feature, you open up the pull request. Uh, like day one and you're like this is my first day of working on this it's not it's like a work in progress pull request and what what that does it actually shows your other coworkers, or your teammates hey brian's touching this part of the code base maybe I, I should jump in and answer questions or hey we're touching the same stuff maybe we should like keep an eye on each other's pull request to make sure like we're benefiting from the work we're doing asynchronously oh. and um so i did that and then the other thing i used to do 
in the pull request, I'd write out my hypothesis of like, hey, I don't know how to solve this problem, but you know, my first crack at it is going to be this. And this is my approach. And I did a little bit of research. This is the library I might use, or this is the test I might write. And um, that always gave me way more feedback while building the feature at the point where even though my names were all in all the commits, uh, yeah. my entire team was sort of cheering me on and ramping me up the entire time. And it, again, it goes to like, sometimes we can figure it like we're gonna work on a feature. I don't want to push this up to GitHub until it's super clean and has like all my comments and, and, uh, you know, dummy code like removed. Cause yeah. I don't want people to judge me on my process. I want people to judge me on how smart I am or how the, how the thing works. Yeah. Um, but it's the it's the reverse. Like you want to put yourself out there earlier because you know the tribe will continue to raise the tides. Oh, sorry, my analogy is going to be broken, but <laughs> the the rising tide raises all boats. So like everybody gets to benefit from this learning process that you get to share. Oh my god, I never I've never seen a company do that, but I really like that as an option. Like put your PR out, people know exactly what you're doing and why. Which is sounds scary. Because, like you said, like having dummy code in there, like sometimes my console logs are a little crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, I really like that option because it just like helps give more insight and moves you along so much faster. So that wraps up the conversation with Rizelle. If you're listening to this in the browser or you're listening to your podcast there, check out the description and show notes for Rizelle's Twitter handle, uh, Black Girl Bites. And I highly recommend you follow her account. Uh, follow what she's going to be doing. Uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing some of the stuff she puts out as far as content and, and teaching new developers how to use GitHub, as well as how to do some some general React stuff and, and JavaScript stuff. So uh, she's got a lot of interest, and I'm hoping to be a, a good mentor to her while she's a, a GitHub employee. So um, if you have any interest in guesting on the show, hit me up, twitter.com slash Yo. Uh, I'm always happy to have new developers, existing developers, folks that have been in the industry for years or maybe just started last year and hearing stories always put me in a place of understanding that it's attainable like i can do this and uh, that's the hope for this podcast so uh with that um see you in the next one